The fear of public speaking is an insidious thing. That fear grabs us when we have time for preparation, and its hold is just as strong when we don't have time to prepare. But so much of our communication is impromptu speaking. So how do we cope with our fear of public speaking when we don't have time? How do we cope with our fears? There are a lot of people talking these days in politics. In the U.S., it's a presidential election year, so we're used to the upswing. You add in the current social unrest, and we're seeing even more people talking on the media and talking at public meetings and talking at events. Sometimes we have time to prepare those remarks. Sometimes we don't. But how do we cope with the paralyzing fear of the unexpected question in front of other people or the opportunity to stand up and give our point of view? Today on the podcast, let's talk about impromptu public speaking and how Toastmasters prepares you to do it well. Do you have a message you want to tell the world? Do you need the public speaking skills to do it well? Then Toastmasters can help. We teach you how to speak and how to make it effective. This is Toastmasters 101, and I'm your host, Kim Cradgee. Table topics is one of the sections of a general Toastmasters meeting. It's often about 20 to 25% of the meeting time. The table topics master or the table topics leader, their job is to produce a prompt that will encourage people to be able to speak and respond in one to two minutes. I think on average, clubs usually have three to four speakers per meeting. How your club manages table topics is a part of your club culture. I know of some clubs that start their meetings with table topics and everybody participates. They use it to warm everybody up. I respect that. Personally, I don't like meetings without table topics and I don't really care where they are on the agenda. As a table topics leader, you have a lot of leeway. Your choices are limited only by your sense of taste and your imagination. For example, I have a number of props that I keep around that I use when we're on site in a meeting, such as I have a collection of water bottles and I have a set of sunglasses. I give the volunteer a choice of the bottles with a superpower listed inside. The prompt is to talk about it. I might give people sunglasses that have prompts that encourage thinking about visions of the future, for the future, of the past, that sort of thing. I personally like table topics prompts to be a physical object more than I like just a verbal prompt, but both are good. I've seen images or pictures for prompts. I've seen vegetables. I've seen toys. I've gotten prompts about the past, the present, the future, alternative futures. You can find lots of prompts online for table topics if you just Google it. Some clubs do have evaluations for the table topics. That's very interesting to me because I think I know that impromptu speaking is what most of us do most of the time. Getting an evaluation of a table topic speech would be valuable to me. Therefore, I'm going to do something new on this episode of Toastmasters 101. I have done interviews before, but I have never done this. We're going to get my friend Jenny Lee Taylor on the line, and we're going to do table topics right here and now on the podcast. This is my friend Jenny Lee Taylor. 
She is the president of my club, Cuyahoga Falls Toastmasters. She is a past district director of District 10, and she has agreed to play table topics on the phone with me. Hi, Jenny Lee. Hello. I don't always know what I'm getting myself into with you, Kim. But it's always fun, isn't it? It is always fun. Okay. What I'm going to do is give you a table topics prompt, and you're going to have one to two minutes, just like we would in the club meeting, to respond to that prompt. And you can go any way you want with the prompt because it's designed to be as interesting or as broad as you want to take it. Okay, I'm ready. You ready? ready. Here goes. Okay. The prompt is, would you rather deal with zombies or with vampires? Would I rather deal with zombies or vampires? This is a very interesting question. And honestly, this is not the first time that this question has crossed my mind. Now, I'm sure that probably does not come as a shock or surprise to most people. Now, I spend a lot of nights up wondering about odd and weird occurrences that may or may not ever happen. Zombies versus vampires is something that actually has crossed my mind in the wee hours of the morning. I would much rather deal with vampires. Much rather. 100% hands down. The reason is garlic. I already have the cure. Garlic. I love garlic. I would put garlic on garlic to make it garlicier. So I already have the cure. If it comes to zombies, zombies like brains. I like to think that I am an intellectual. I like to read. I like to learn. I like to expand my knowledge. I broke my knee earlier this year. I can't run fast enough away from zombies. But I can put garlic on garlic on garlic to get away from vampires. Thank you, Jenny Lee. Your time was one minute and 25 seconds. Just perfect for a table topic. Yay! What did you think about that prompt? I think that the prompt was general enough that most people would be able to find something to talk about. Sometimes an audience may limit themselves based on what the topic is. Even if the table topics master feels that it is a broad topic, someone who is newer, someone who is riddled with fear might think, oh goodness, I've never seen a zombie movie. I don't know anything about vampires. How could I ever respond to this? But maybe they like to cook and they could just talk about garlic. Or maybe they have seen one random zombie movie and they know that zombies eat brains and they can talk about school and something they like to learn about and how their brain would make them the perfect target for a zombie. But that takes that takes the knowledge of knowing that table topics can go in any direction. It doesn't have to be literal. And here's the secret. It also doesn't have to be true. 
Yes, that is something that we <laughs> we definitely deal with in our table topics. You are known for um, exaggeration sometimes, I believe. That is a good way to put it. Yes. Now, are, are table topics more fun, more authentic, and more genuine when they are based on truth? Absolutely. Are you able to connect with your audience when your stories are true? Yes. But can they be fun and enjoyable when there's a little bit of tall tale involved? Absolutely. And do some topics just lend themselves to a little bit of drama? Yes. I would like to tell you that you had a great intro to your presentation. I have a feeling, though, you were kind of stalling. But good intros cover that up, I think, most of the time. What were you really thinking when you were talking about how you've actually thought about this in the past? I was thinking, okay, how am I going to do this? <laughs> okay. So in a, in a Toastmasters meeting, you would start with Madam or Mr. Table Topics Master, fellow Toastmasters, the general 10 to 15 seconds that we all put at the beginning of that. And that gives you the 10 to 15 seconds of thought. In a table topics contest, you have the time to walk up to the front of the room. You have that time to think about the topic. So that little intro was more of my thought process. How am I going to have an introduction, a body, and a conclusion of my table topics response to make this sound like a mini speech? You did a nice comparison and contrast when you were talking about zombies rather than vampires. I thought you did a nice job with that part. And I thought your conclusion was really excellent. You pulled it all together at the end. I wasn't sure where you were going to go. I don't know that you surprised me, but you made me feel satisfied at the end that I'd heard a, a full message. I don't always know where I'm going to go with a table topic. And that is the fun, excitement and terror that is table topics. Yes, yes. Well, we're talking about fear of impromptu speaking. And we don't want people to think of terror as a, their only option for yeah. an emotional response to table topics. It can be fun. It is. Now, I understand that your husband, the DTM, Todd Taylor. Yes. The illustrious Todd Taylor. Yes. Has a table topics prompt for you to give to me. That is that is correct. It also happened at about six o'clock this morning before he was fully awake or fully caffeinated when I told him that I needed this table topic prompt for you. So please be aware that that is when this happened. I am prepared. You are prepared for your unprepared speaking opportunity. Yes. Kim, if someone has never seen a single Star Wars movie, which movie should they watch first and why? The purist in me says that you should watch Star Wars A New Hope. And let me explain why. When Star Wars came out, I was 18 years old. 17 years old, 17, just before I turned 18. And I hadn't heard anything about this new movie until it started trickling through high school, my senior year. And these people kept saying, well, you're really into Star Trek. You'd like this movie. And I was, I've been bitten. People have told me, oh, you like Star Trek. You'll like this other movie. And I have seen really, really crappy movies. So I don't, necessarily take that as a good indicator. But some guy asked me on a date, 
And I said, well, let's go see Star Wars because it wasn't on my dime. And the purist in me says that you should see that first because I saw it first. And I think that there are arcs in this story that need to be told in the sequence that the movies were produced. Now, if you want to go watch the first movie, I actually liked the first movie. I thought the little kid was cute. I didn't hate Jar Jar Binks like the rest of the world does. But I do think that if you start, you should start with A New Hope. And I forgot to set my timer, but I'm going to guess that that was about a minute, 30 seconds. (laughs) Because that is perfectly in the middle. (laughs) Yes. Yes. When you forget to set the timer for table topics, the answer is always one and a half minutes. Correct. Correct. But the power of podcasting means we can go back and exactly time you. We could. And I might do that. (laughs) Or I might not. I don't know. So what did you think of my answer? I loved that you were able to make it personal. You were able to make it funny and that you were able to have that great body intro and conclusion all in one. You always do that with your table topics. I missed the element of surprise though. Yes. I missed the element of surprise. There was no twist. There was no. That's true. I'm known there was for no that. shock. I, I'm known for that. But when you get a, a, you are. a f- straight on yes or no, A, B, C, D, E, F, G question, there's no surprise. Correct. Correct. But you, you are a master at table topics. So what you did was textbook perfect yes. mm-hmm. when it comes to a table topics response. Yes. Because you always put little bits of humor in all of your table topics response, which makes it fun for everyone, even though I am the person who has never seen a Star Wars movie and will probably never see a Star Wars movie. You invite me into that world through your bits of humor and explanation. And yet we're friends. And yet we are somehow friends. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much for playing along today, Jenny Lee. I do appreciate your willingness to try something new for the podcast. Anytime. I am a a supporter. Thank you. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. One of the keys I have to table topics is to tell a story. That's my favorite, even more than rants, which are always fun. Who doesn't love ranting about something that's annoying you? But stories are so much better because you have a chance to really engage your audience. In order to give a table topic story in two minutes requires some fast thinking or good preparation. Podcaster and storyteller Matthew Dix talks about a game he plays with his children called 321. The speaker is given three words, physical objects. Then the speaker has one minute to think about what to say, and then the speaker will speak for two minutes. It's essentially the table topics challenge broken down into a step-by-step analysis. That's what you can do. Think about the stories of your life and get those ideas worked into stories or even outlines that you can remember based on those prompt words. Another way to think about table topics is to consider the risk. Risk is what hooks people into a story. What's going to happen? How's it going to work out? In this situation, you need to know where you're going to end before you start, and you need to try to build suspense as you tell the story. 
I've been trying to do this more in my table topics responses, and I'm happy when I can pull it off. Jenny Lee mentioned me doing the twist. I frequently will take something and go way overboard with it and then correct myself at the end. I enjoy doing that because it gets, it gets a big laugh. So what about being afraid of impromptu public speaking? What happens when you don't have the time to prepare and you've got to pull this off? Toastmasters has prepared you for that with table topics. But there are four things that I think you might want to keep in mind. First of all, you need to stop thinking about your body. Force yourself to ignore your physical reactions. Yes, you're going to have them, but you don't have to pay attention to them. Concentrate instead on your topic and your content. When you have a normal conversation, you aren't thinking about your hands shaking. They're not likely to because you're interested in the conversation. You're thinking about what's being said to you and what you're going to say in response. Stop thinking about your body's reactions. Second, when we're faced with an impromptu question, we need to frame it in our heads in a way that doesn't trigger panic. Not always a challenge when we're asked a question. Let's remember that asking a question is the start of a dialogue. It's the start of a conversation. If your hands don't shake when you're in a conversation, they don't need to shake in this situation either. Third, try to think creatively. As you develop your public speaking skills, you will be able to pay more attention to your content than you will about your face and your body. What will keep your audience's attention will be much more important than your stage fright symptoms, and you need to focus on that. Fourth, go for the humor. Humor covers a lot of presentation sins. If you can make people laugh, they will ignore all the ums and ahs, unless they're Toastmasters, and then we will notice them. If you're the table topics leader with a number of newer Toastmasters who are going to be your participants, try to pick easy and fun prompts. What's your superpower is far less intimidating to newbies than what's your philosophy of government? I'm not a newbie and that's still an intense question. I love would you rather questions like I use with Jenny Lee or single word prompts that have multiple meanings like the word stone that can go in a lot of directions. Your job as a table topics leader is not to try to trip up the members. It's to give them an opportunity to hone this vital skill. That's why we always want to have table topics in a Toastmasters meeting. We need to learn how to think on our feet. It does come down to self-confidence again. Confidence in your ability to tell a good story. Confidence in your skills. And finally, confidence that you can do this. You do it all the time. Our music is from incompetech.filmmusic.io. Toastmasters 101 is a podcast production of Toastmasters District 10. My thanks to Jenny Lee Taylor, DTM, for the fourth time just this week. She's always up for some fun on this podcast. Have you subscribed to this podcast yet? Now's the time to go to your favorite podcast player and subscribe to Toastmasters 101 podcast. Make sure you volunteer for table topics at your next Toastmasters meeting, either as a speaker or as the leader. And we'll see you next time on Toastmasters 101 Podcast. <laughs>